Welcome to Say What, the Energy Ogre podcast where our specialty is lowering your light bill. But we also offer bite-sized education and financial tips for busy people who want to find overall better solutions to living a brighter life. Welcome everyone to the latest edition of Say What, 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 What. Have to mix it up, right? I'm Laura Thornquist, your host. And here with me is Energy Ogre's Senior Director of Strategy and Pricing, David Kenton. It's always good to have you here, David. Thanks for having me. So we thought that we would uh, talk about our process of selecting subsequent plans for our members after their initial enrollment with our first provider. So we're now approaching what we call renewal season, since many of our members' contracts are coming to the end, and we're going to be looking for their next contract. The team here at Energy Ogre is extremely strategic. I mean, really, really strategic when selecting your plan. The rate of the plan that we pick for you is an important factor, obviously, but perhaps even more important is when that contract ends. So I know one frustration many of our members have is seeing those low rates perhaps advertised for for short-term contracts, like a three or four-month plan in January, and then a six-month plan in November, and not understanding why we've placed them into a longer-term plan with a slightly higher rate. So what factors do we consider when choosing a three, a six, seven, nine, 10, or 12-month Month plan. That's why David is here. So David, um, let's first of all discuss the philosophy of behind why we choose what we choose for our members. Sure. So um, a big part of it is we're trying to put people in a good renewal cycle. Mm-hmm. Apparently a lot of the economics come down to price and all that, but a big component is when you're renewing. So a lot of times if you're seeing a really good six-month rate, some of the reps might want you to come out during a certain cycle, whereas we figured out that that's a short-term game, long-term loss. So at Energy Ogre, one thing we're trying to avoid is the dangers of peak summer and peak winter. And we're way more concerned these days about peak summer with all that's been going on for the last summers. So if you see a really short-term rate that has a component of price where it's really cheap, mm-hmm. it might put you out in a bad renewal cycle, and then the rep's going to get you on the renewal. So some of the game used to be they'll put out a low rate and they get you on a higher renewal. That definitely applies to if they drop you out in July. Because then they're going to say, well, it's summer and it's hot. Prices are higher now. So some of the time we're going to give up that short-term gain and put you in a good plan to get you in a good renewal cycle. So is there a time when we would ever consider putting folks in a short-term plan, even if it it puts them in a bad renewal cycle? So it all comes down to the math. And let's look at it this way. You have um, prices coming in and out of the market every hour. Mm -hmm. And so for one person, it might make sense, and for other people, it not. So let's say like right now it's January, and you have someone that doesn't use a lot of electricity in winter and uses a lot in the summer. I'm probably better off locking them in a really good rate that's going to get them through the summer. Whereas somebody that might use a lot of electricity in the winter, and it's a really cheap rate, they may get a little more bang for their buck and renew in a three- or four-month plan. Yep. That way they get some of that price certainty during a high use time. And then during summer when it looks like they use a little bit less compared to their winter, I'll wait until June and try to get them a good rate then. Mm -hmm. But I'm trying to let the system mathematically solve what makes the most sense for them. Okay. We we end up... uh, Eventually, always getting a lot of members during the summer because they get mm-hmm. their bills and like, whoa, it's bill so shock. hot. Yeah, total bill shock. So what is what is our strategy for those folks coming to us in the summer? So summer's kind of a challenge for us. Um, the market, depending on where it kind of solves where it needs to be, determines a lot of where they go. Mm-hmm. For the most part, the first thing we want to do is get them out of the summer renewal. So if you're coming in during that time, we're going to do the best we can for you at that time. But a lot of times it's going to mean putting you in a shorter term rate 
to try to get you in a better renewal cycle again. So if you're if you signed up in August, for example, I don't want to put you in a 12 month plan if I can avoid it. If it's the best plan for you, I will have to do it. But a lot of times the reps are already saying, hey, um, you're starting at the end of summer. So prices have already lowered. So what we'll do is we'll put them in a, a maybe a, a shorter term four or five month rate and then try to get them into another cycle that's putting them outside of peak summer. That makes a lot of sense. It's a lot of people still, they can't wrap their, their mind around, okay, I'm going to save so much in this three-month time. Why don't you just put me in there and let's gamble mm-hmm. and see what, we, see what we can get? Sure. What's your answer to them? Well, I mean, we, we kind of talk about that internally as well, is they go, well, what if prices are cheaper in three months? Or what will prices look like in three months? And my answer is, if I knew where prices would be in three months, I'd have my own island. <laughs> Good point. I wouldn't have this problem. <laughs> so no one knows what prices are going to be at three months. What we're looking at right now is I'd rather take what we know is a good price now and give up a maybe a little bit better price in four or five months versus um, putting them in a cycle where prices could be extremely higher in four or five months. Now, again, if, if you're going to get a lot of your optimization with a, you use a lot of money and a lot of usage in the winter, right. I'll put you in a good price certainty for that. But we're running everybody on their own. We're taking their usage into account, and we're mathematically solving what makes the most sense for them. So at the end of the day, I'm not really solving so much as the, log, the uh, algorithm is solving this problem. So how are we predicting what we think prices are going to be in the future? Uh, so we do a bunch of things for that. One, uh, like we talked about, we consider term. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to keep them out of certain time periods. And price does dictate a lot of that. But we're going to try to avoid peak summer, peak winter. Um, the rest of it kind of comes down to our forward projections. We look at all the historical pricing we've had. And we go back for the wholesale pricing for 10 years. We go back on retail pricing for many, many years as well. And then we look at forward gas prices. And then we have to basically generate a model of prices, what they're going to look like next year. The caveat to that is we don't always know what prices are going to look like in the summer. And the reason is we've entered into scarcity pricing. So scarcity is where, like in August, um, what we saw was we were turning on more and more expensive generation at more and more expensive prices. And then we got to the point where we ran out. Mm -hmm. So that caused a big problem. So what we do is we get out of economic and then we have to say we're going to just increase the price until we solve the equation. So what it means is it makes it much more expensive. Right now, August is like five times more expensive than March would be. So when we build out that forward curve, we also try to peak place in there a premium for July, August, realizing that those prices will be much higher. Mm-hmm. At some point, everyone's going to have to have a plan that's going to get them through the summer. If you wait in summer with the rest of the cheaper months, it's going to be more expensive. So, yeah, you could be paying 2.6 or 2.8 or 3.0 on a three-month or four-month plan, but you've taken the cheap part of that curve. So then if you wanted to get a three-month plan that'll get you through the summer, yeah. it might be 14 cents. Whereas if you took a 12-month over that time, you're looking at maybe four, five, six, seven cents, right? Yep. So it's a waiting. And if you took the cheap part, it means the, the expensive part's going to be that much higher. That's right. So what are we looking at right now based on the numbers that you're seeing? How do you think our spring and summer will look like this year? So there's a lot of um, good news um, versus last year. Um, We hopefully don't continue to have these extreme weather events in summer. So one, we're hoping weather will kind of normalize a little bit. Two, we've had some incremental generation that's supposed to come up online this summer. So we've had some... talking solar? We're talking about 750 megawatts of solar. We're talking a little bit of thermal generation. Mm -hmm. 
we will have more wind, which we always seem to we have. We always do. <laughs> the problem is uh, the hottest part of the day in August. It's it's usually not blowing. The wind's not much. blowing. Mm-hmm. Right. So some of the thing that caused these extreme price events in August was just no wind. It just stopped. Right. So in the morning time, we had 15,000 megawatts of wind. By, by evening time or the peak part of the day, we might have had 1,000 on those really bad days. The good news is some of that generation solar where it comes online in the hottest part of the day and it just stays online, and we're having some thermal as well. So we're hoping demand will be a little bit less, and we're hoping that the generation number will be a little bit higher. So the supply margin is looking a little better this year. So let's switch gears a little bit. Let's talk about how some retail electricity providers seem to price themselves so much higher mm-hmm. than others and, and what the difference is. A lot of people think they're getting a better product, which indeed they're not. Uh, we can talk about that. But first of all, let's talk about why some REPs uh, just cost so much more. Sure. There's, uh, there's actually several components to this. So one factor is a lot of reps, whether people realize it or not, own multiple REPs. So you have some of the larger reps may have three or four or five different brands. And so one, re- one reason that brand might be expensive is it's a brand strategy. So if it's a premium REP, there's a premium product. Now, right. it doesn't mean you don't get better advertising or a better name or they sponsor a sports team or some other stuff. Yeah. But it means that they have to pay for those things. So they spend more on marketing on sports teams. They have a more expensive premium product. Matthew McConaughey does not come cheap. He doesn't. And I mean, <laughs> as good as he sounds, he has a price tag. Yes, so, he does. Um, and looks. Yeah. So you have the, uh, and a personal preference. <laughs> so you have that component of premium branding. Yeah. The other part and I've alluded to part of it is that you simply, they, some reps have to spend more money to promote that brand, and so it just is built into it. Then there's other things like some of the green products. They simply have a premium built into them. That's just artificial. Yeah. So is that money making it back to the, to the green provider? Probably not. So some of the plans are priced higher. It's a premium brand or there's more cost, or it's just a more expensive product. A lot of the time-of-use plans don't work for most people. So they end up, yes, you're getting some free electricity at night. That's at zero cents. But then you're paying like 22 cents during the daytime. Yeah. So if you go look at the weighted average, you're at 11, 12, 13 cents. You could have a fixed rate plan and be in an all-in cent of under 10 cents. So it's, is that the best for those people? Probably not. Some people it might work. But sometimes a premium product is just a premium product. The problem is that we're not talking about the difference between a Toyota and a Ferrari. At the end of the day, a megawatt's a megawatt. Your bright, the lights aren't brighter when you get served by a premium REP. Right. Are there other values for that? Possibly. But if you want to get the best value for that megawatt, usually you go with the cheapest provider. It's just how it is. Um, you know, it's been very exciting since you've come on board for over the past couple of years. What is it, two years? Two and a half? Two and a half. Two and a half. Uh, uh, what you've been able to do uh, in providing tailor-made pricing mm-hmm. for our members. Talk about what that really means, uh, especially for our renewal members and people co- that have been with us for a while. Sure. So um, part of the strategy has been um, trying to provide added value for our members. And, and one of those things for our renewal members is they've been with us longer, so we know more about their usage. And um, we're able to go to the reps and get better pricing for some of those locations. So if we go, hey, this person uses electricity in a better way, we can take that to the rep and they can give them what we call a custom price or a tailored price. And basically it's a price that's going to um, be tailored to their specific usage. And if it's a better rate, then it has a really high chance of getting picked. So what we do is we go out there in the months ahead of their renewal and go to the reps and go, hey, can you give me pricing for these people? 
and then we load it in when we run them. And then when we run them, if those are the best results, that plan gets picked. So what it means is you have a little bit better results the longer you stay with us because we're able to take those um, outcomes and improve them. That's pretty exciting. Very a lot exciting. of people don't understand, though, that's why sometimes we put them with the same provider mm-hmm. a, a, in subsequent years, right? Explain sure. how that happens. So a couple of things. Um, four or five years ago, there used to be this big thing in the market, and some of this was early Energy Ogre, before Energy Ogre. And right. what it, it's similar to your uh, your cable provider. I'm going to throw out a really good rate to get you in the door, yep. and then it's just magically over time that price goes up. And you can even call them and go, hey, you know, um, I used to get that rate. Can mm-hmm. I get this rate again? And they go, no, no, no that's, that's new customer. You're not special anymore. Right. So that's kind of was the and model for so a long time. so irritating. It's really. I mean, I, mean, I don't prefer it. I like to be rewarded for my tenure. For your loyalty. Right. So loyalty doesn't get you a lot or didn't get you a lot. And, and so as Energy Ogre has grown, some of that behavior has gone away. So a lot of it is um, the PUC has gone in and said this environment would be more fair. And it's, it's trying to promote fairness in the market. Part of it is Energy Ogre is putting people in those plans. And some of the reps have figured out like, hey, maybe I can't hurt people for the teaser rate stuff, right? Right. So some of the gimmicky nature of this has gone away over time. So there's not necessarily like a gimmicky plan for me to renew them in. So that's part of it is some of those kind of gimmicky plans aren't there. The big part of it is, is that for the renewing rep, they have a massive incentive to get that customer back. Mm -hmm. Now we're going to always run them against the full market and always try to get the best possible price outcomes. But what the renewing rep has is an advantage. And that advantage comes to in cost savings. So they figured out, I don't have to run a credit check again because they're already with me. I already know they pay their bills. I already have a cash flow coming from them. I don't have to generate a partial month bill. I don't have to go remarket to them. They already know they're an energy over customer. And I've gone out to them and go, hey, can I get a customer renewal from you guys? And they figured out, I need to make X amount of money from a customer. But due to them being an energy ogre customer, all this cost is gone. That's right. So what we've said is, that's great. Share some of that savings with the member, and then you get the renewal because they're getting the best outcome. So they give us their best possible rate. We load it in, and then when we run it, what we're seeing is frequently it's the cheapest rate for the member. So we're keeping them with that rep. Not because of any other reason than that's the best rate in the market, but it's because they're with us, and we've gotten them that better rate on that rate. And they couldn't have done that themselves. No, they couldn't. That's a a relationship that we've built in in a system that we've created. Right. The other thing, too, a lot of people say, well, okay, you put me with this provider, but they have a really bad rating. I don't want to be with that provider because of their customer service or whatever the case might be. Sure. It really doesn't much matter. So what we found is over time, customer service um, isn't a big concern for us. And the reason is um, a lot of the reps that are out there competing on costs um, might not have the bells and whistles or systems or, or incentives to keep their five-star rating. Right. And it doesn't take a lot to lose your five-star rating on Power to Choose. The way that it's actually kind of uh, formulated, it's, it's, it's really hard for very small reps to keep a five-star rating. Yeah. It's actually kind of biased towards the larger reps being able to keep them. Because of the volume. They have a much larger denominator, basically. Yep. So um, that's, that's part of the issue. And the, the biggest issue is, is that we have a working relationship with a lot, most of the reps. And certainly the reps that we're placing people with, we're going to be the ones that are generally interfacing with them. So yes, I put you with a one-star rep on Power to Choose, but the good news is let me handle all that for you. You call me and I'll handle all your problems. And even if you have to get on the phone with the rep, I'll be right there with you. So what we found is it's a much better deal to put them with the best rep 
for price, and mm -hmm. then we already will solve all those outcomes. I love that. We could put everybody with a five-star rep, but they may have to pay five-star rep prices. <laughs> That's exactly right. And for, for no absolutely no reason whatsoever. Your lights don't burn any brighter. Yes, for sure. All right, so when a person's changed their usage, such as buying an electric vehicle or mm -hmm. um, maybe upgrading their HVAC system, how is this taken into account when we're working with them? Sure. So um, we're really excited about this, but our, we have an algorithm we get for usage, and we take everybody's usage and we run it through our algorithm. And what we have is an adaptive algorithm. So not only do we take their historical usage and run the algorithm on it, but we actually run it multiple times a year. So monthly, we're, or we, we run it frequently, but for the most part, we're going to look at it more of on a monthly scale. And so what's going to happen is, is we would want to push information to people. Um, say you put in uh, a better AC and we see your usage declining, where the adaptive algorithm is going to go in there and basically recast your 12-month curve. That's pretty so every, cool. It is very cool. Yeah. So any of those changes, love to hear from you guys. If you, if you made a massive change to your home, feel free to call in. You go, mm -hmm. hey, I just put in a pool or some big change. But for the most part, we're going to catch that all on our own. Our algorithm is going to go into there and recast all that, and yep. it's going to figure out the best outcome regardless. Good. Good information. Any last comments that you want to say? Anything that we haven't talked about you think that our members need to know? Um, I, I think that th this is a lot like, it, buying electricity isn't like buying most things. Like mm -hmm. when you look at why do people buy a Lexus versus a Toyota, there is differences in, you know, like the, the Lexus might get worse miles per gallon. Right. Well, if you're looking for miles per gallon, you might go after a Toyota. Mm -hmm. If you're looking for heated leather seats or some other big bell and whistle, you might go more towards a Lexus. The problem with buying electricity is, unlike most other commodities, even gasoline and other things, right. there's no premium product here. A megawatt is a megawatt. It's all going into the pool, and it all comes out. Right. So it actually just comes down to cost, and then we can handle most of the other issues. Mm -hmm. But it's just electricity is a different animal. It's hard to store. You make it when you need it. Right. And buying it is doesn't really matter who re what rep's giving it to you coming from the same source. So clearly you need us. Effectively. <laughs> All right, David, it's been a pleasure. I appreciate your time. Thanks for having me. Of course, hopefully we hope that we've shed some light on how much we take into account when selecting plans for our Energy Ogre members. It's a lot of him. And at the end of the day, we hope that you know we have your back and take uh, years of industry knowledge when selecting your plans, contract after contract. Of course, it's in our DNA. We'd love to hear your thoughts on our show, so please drop them in the comment section be below. And as always, be cool, stay kind, and do the right thing, because that is the ogre way, David. All right.